It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio show presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks coming your way till three o'clock today. Talking Eagles, obviously, a lot going on right now in Philadelphia, the epicenter of the world. It feels like at the current moment, it's been a a wild day, Elliot Shore Man, Parks. How are you, buddy? There's just nothing better than a happy Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. Like, just walking into city. the studio today, people are excited, people are happy. Even on an Eagles bye week, people are very happy. So, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, and, uh, you know, it's a great city, obviously. I'm I'm honored to be from the city of Philadelphia. Of course. So, um, let's talk some Eagles. Speaking of the city of Philadelphia, you mentioned the bye week. It is kind of a... More relaxing from an Eagles perspective. We don't have to worry about either well, under, was... underperforming tomorrow or, or you know, being disappointed tomorrow. That's nice. Yeah, it was relaxing until I had to go to the LTBB well, that's convention. Where I, that's where I wanted to go. The LTBB convention yesterday. Get into it with my guy, Ike. Always love debating Ike, I will say. Let's get into that. Speaking of Philadelphia legends, that, that, you know. You're damn right about that. Love my man, Ike Reese. Let's get into that, though, because it was the LTBB convention yesterday as – Everyone should know I am a, a member of the LTBB, an honored, a proud member, proud, honored to be member of the LTBB community. I was in full support of yesterday's convention, but I heard you and I getting into it a little bit. Look, we're not gonna 
you know, prohibit non-LTBB callers from calling today. We'll take all the calls. We'll take whatever. But um, where, you, I heard you and I getting into it yesterday. Where, where are you at right now with well, Carson Wentz? You know, it's funny. You mentioned we're not going to prohibit LTBBB. LTBB oh, members. Yeah, from I see what you're doing here. You're trying to mess with it a little well, bit. Well, but like, I want them to call in because so I listened to the show yesterday. They had the LTBB convention talking about why they have faith in Carson for the second half of the season. So I call in. I'm debating with Ike, and I was just expressing my my opinion on it, which is I don't think Carson has shown anything in the first half of the season to make you optimistic for the second half. I just I just don't, and I really think over the last year and a half he hasn't seen it either, but. I listened to the show all day. I heard people call in and say why. I'm not completely convinced yet, but this morning uh, when I was, you know, just kind of doing what everyone's been doing and waiting and watching, I, I wrote waiting down. Waiting and watching. The yeah. story of the last four days. Waiting yeah. and watching. So, <laughs> exactly. So I wrote down the three things I'm concerned about with Carson. Like, forget this. If you think Carson's bad, you hate him. I don't hate Carson. Forget all like that, Right. When it comes to Carson and people I talk to, they, there are legitimate concerns. And I wrote down my top three. So, James, I'm going to give you my top three reasons I'm concerned about Carson. And I, I want you and the callers to kind of, like, explain to me if I'm wrong. Because the LTBB convention yesterday didn't completely convince me. But, I, look, people made some good points. I, I think Ike knows a little bit about football. Oh, so, whoa! You know, so a, a little I bit, right? I would say I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, so, yeah, so, all right, here, here's my first one. Okay, Ready? lay them on me. I can't wait for these. All right, so my first one is accuracy. I think when you look at Carson and the struggles he's had, like, people bring up the injuries. I'm not concerned about Carson's injuries history, injury history as much. He, he takes a lot of hits. I don't have a great fear that he's going to get hurt again. Anybody could get hurt on any play, but that's not my concern. My biggest long-term concern, the number one reason on my list, is his accuracy. When I watch him, I just don't see an accurate quarterback. And, you know, this year I believe he's 28th in the NFL and on-target passes. Uh, he was near the bottom of that list last year. And, yeah, Carson can do some stuff on the move. Carson can make plays with his legs occasionally. But ultimately, I do not think that he can be a successful long-term quarterback passing the way he does. I just don't think he's an accurate enough passer. Yeah, well, I mean, I've heard you say it a lot. Look, I think if there's one – Thing that you could say about Carson Wentz is certainly the accuracy has been lacking at times. I think there are reasons for that. Other reasons, I think he's not as inaccurate a passer as it would appear if you just watch him every play. I think there's a lot of other explanations between his offensive line, between the lack of players around him but playing together. But you do see him long. miss a lot of you easy You see him miss throws. What's number two? Okay, number two, the turnovers. Obviously, he's fumbled it more than anybody else in the NFL since 2016. So clearly he has trouble holding on to the ball. And look, you can point to the interceptions and say it's a one-year thing, but he's leading the NFL in interceptions this year. Last year, he led the league in interceptable passes. He just had a, a lot of passes dropped. Now, that happens. All quarterbacks have interceptions dropped. But I don't think the narrative that Carson takes care of the ball is true. I think Carson is reckless with the ball, and I think the majority of times when this Eagles team loses – it's because he turned the ball over. Well, I mean, they were lucky to win on Sunday night with him uh, turning look, it over four He times. has been a disaster with that for the vast majority of this season. I will not argue that. And look, the fumbles are an issue, period. And certainly the reasons that lead to the fumbles are, are a bigger issue. We'll get to that. But the interception thing, look, I, I, 
interceptable passes, like all this stuff, like that's all BS to me. Like it's a you're a bottom line guy. We talk about football yeah, I a lot. I know that you're a numbers guy. You're a what a quarterback wins all that. Like this year, sure, you could say Carson has been terrible with the interceptions, but you can't say that that has been an issue for his career. And I don't think it's fair to say that just because he had eight bad games with it in his this season that he's a quarterback who throws a lot of interceptions type of quarterback. Well, I think he's a quarterback that's reckless with the ball. And and you can parse that separate ways. Okay. You can say that's through fumbles. You can say that is through interceptions. Or you could say it's just with the decision-making. Well, right? I, I, mean, I think the decision-making is the biggest question mark for me. But right, so, so I see a quarterback that's inaccurate and that turns the ball over. Two fatal flaws for a quarterback, for being honest. Like, those are probably the two flaws you would want least in your quarterback. If you're going to build a quarterback – Accurate and turnovers is a major problem. But here's my third one. The offense just doesn't work with Carson. Like, let, let's just time to be honest about it with ourselves. They're 23rd in the NFL in points this year. They were 18th last year and 20th in 2018. They have not been anywhere close to a top five offense with Carson since 2017. And to your point of what you were saying about his accuracy, yeah, you can point to other reasons besides Carson. You can point to, you know, the offensive line at times this year hasn't been great. It, over the last three years, the receiver play has not been that great. Really, until they got Miles Sanders, they didn't have elite running back play. But the quarterback is the engine of the offense. The quarterback, the franchise guy, that's the guy you pay all the money to. And the bottom line is, majority of times we watch this offense on Sunday, the offense does not work. They have one of the worst offenses in the league with Carson at quarterback. And, again, there's other reasons, but you very rarely see them score over 30 points. They almost never win shootouts. And it's an offensive league. One, one point Ike made to me yesterday, which was a good one. We were talking about comparing Carson to McNabb, and he said the reason McNabb, one of the reasons he was such a great quarterback is because he was on a great team. He had a great coaching staff, great defense, all those things. That's true. That was like 20 years ago. The, off the NFL has changed now. And to win in the NFL today – you have to have a great offense. You cannot win with a bad offense and a great a great defense. And the Eagles' defense, is good, I think, is good, but they're definitely not great. So if the Eagles are going to be a competitive team consistently, like not 3-4-1, not 5-7 and seven like they were last year, a team that comes out, competes for the division, wins 10-11 games each year, the offense has to be better. And we have a very large sample size of the offense being a problem with Carson Wentz running it. My turn. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, look. I I have a lot to respond to. Look, I I am not going to pretend like the first half was good. I mean, you you check out our podcast at Go Birds Body on Spotify, on uh, you know iTunes, all that type of stuff. We did our report card, our half season report card, and I gave him an F plus. I gave him a slightly higher. I said kind D minus F plus rate. So like, I'm not going to defend the first half performance from what was expected to what he's given. He is disappointed. There is no way around it. And for me, the biggest issue has been the decision-making. Of all the things you talked about, the one that concerns me the most is the holding on to the ball in situations where it is so abundantly clear to get rid of the football. I mean, the, the hero complex is my number one concern about Carson Wentz. But I think you can not explain away a lot of that because, again, I'm coming from a place where I'm admitting he was bad for the first half of the season. I admit it. But to think that a bad half a season coming off of no training camp, no preseason, all that stuff, and I know their players are playing well. Well, he, he did have a training camp. Uh, sorry, no preseason, I should yes. say. You know okay, what I mean. Right. You know, no, uh, not a normal training camp Correct. is what I was trying to say. Um, to come off of that and to struggle with a bunch of guys you've never played with for the 
vast majority of this. We're talking about one offensive lineman he's ever played with before for the vast majority of the season. I know they've gotten Jason Peters back lately, laying in and out. But essentially, Jason Peters, the only uh, Jason Kelsey, the only offensive lineman he's played with before playing this season for the vast majority of the season. Wide receivers, none of those guys. Like, none of them, is, other than Greg Ward, has he really played meaningful snaps with. A lot of meaningful snaps. Yeah. Zach Ertz out. He's down to tight ends that he hasn't played with. You know, I, I think that that, again, I think the point Ike makes does matter. If you look at the one great team Carson Wentz has ever been surrounded by, he had his MVP season. And I'm not, you know, MV, could have been MVP season, whatever. And I, again, I know that t- people are tired of hearing, well, in 2017, I get it. But at the same time, like, you can't ignore the fact that he did show the ability to be a, a MVP level type of quarterback in the NFL. And he might never get back there. I get that. I get that. But you can't say that he doesn't have that potential, at least especially considering the last four games we saw last year. Well, but here's why I think 2017 is the perfect like debate point for Carson. Because you bring it up and you say, look what he was in 2017. He can be that again. But I look at 2017 and I say, that's proof that he's not that anymore. Like That team was good because of Carson. They started off and were good because of Carson. Then they became a special team. Nick Foles got hot, right? But they were special for the majority of that year until the second Carson got hurt because of Carson. When you look at that roster, they had an elite offensive line, which they don't have anymore, to be fair. Clearly, but, yes. But, like, the, Torrey Smith is a very good player. I don't know if Torrey Smith was an elite receiver that Alshon year. They're was running really back. good that Alshon year. Alshon was really Nelson good. Nelson Aguilar was the best Nelson Aguilar by a mile but that don't we saw you that think year. That Zach Ertz was, was awesome that year. The running game was awesome that year. But don't you think that's the case because Carson was I, so good? Look, I think it's part of it. I do think that Carson could raise people around him right. for sure. But I also think that was a damn good football team around him. And we have not yeah. seen that level of play around him, particularly with the injuries they've suffered, the commitment to older players, guys who haven't held up. Like Absolutely. We've seen it fall apart around Carson. And I, again, I'm not absolving Carson, but I'm, I'm saying that I, could, I can see a world where someone has as bad a stretch of eight games. I mean, they're, again, the Ryan Tannehill's, all these quarterbacks that we've talked about who literally were on the scrap heap and have revived careers. Like, that half Rich Gannon, I mean, it's happened in the NFL, and Carson was never that low. Carson was never to the level of Well, low he's pretty low now. Ryan, he's, look, he had a bad eight games. I'm not arguing But with it's you. not really just a bad eight games. That's my point. It's a bad year and a half. He was minus not the, great last like year. He yeah, had, minus the last four games. But it, and he had other games that were good. I, but I agree. The, more than not, but, I mean, he was great in the Green Bay game. He was great in the Buffalo game. Like, well, he had let, good let me games. ask you this. Let, let's When for, the rest the of the team was helping him, when they were running the ball right. well, like, all that stuff matters. Forget the past for a second. What do you see from Carson that has you optimistic moving forward? Because my problems that I have with him are things that I don't know if they're correctable. Well, I like, think, look, again, I, again, I understand what you're saying, but we're going off this season, right? I mean, I know you're saying the last year and a half, but if you take out those four games last year, I mean, that's the end of the year. That's what we had leading into this year. That is a, a recent memory. Of, but I guess my question to you is, what is Carson good at? Like what? What are his strengths? He's clearly good at at, at what? making making things happen, like making plays happen. But their offense struggles all the time, so clearly he's not great so, at making. Okay, so let's go back to the coaching part of this, because uh, again, I I think it's completely fair to say that the coaching needs to do more. The one year, and I know it's annoying as hell at this point for people to keep bringing up Frank Reich and Boomer Esiason came on the Midday Show yesterday and mm-hmm. said if Carson Wentz were on the trade block, Frank Reich would be the first person in line to get him. Like yeah. Frank Reich believes in Carson Wentz, and we all think Frank Reich's a super smart football guy who understands quarterbacking. 
if if they put guys around Carson Wentz, and I actually think we talk about Reich all the time. I think the DeFilippo part might actually be the biggest. Having someone, we all know it. Like it's the worst kept secret in Philadelphia. Press Taylor and Carson Wentz are buddies. Like they have a buddy buddy relationship. They're not. He's not hard on him. John DeFilippo worked that dude. John DeFilippo was like grilling him and breaking him down and making him better like he needs that clearly needs that type of coaching we've talked before about certain people respond to certain things better i'm someone who i'm a love him up guy i would work oh, great with doug way. peterson if yeah. you tell me I, I, i'm doing a great job i'm awesome i'm gonna like run through a wall yep. for you if you yell at me if you rip me i'm gonna recede in it seems like carson wentz might be the opposite type of person he needs to be coached harder he needs some toughness here so there's been a lot of talk about politics recently and that was a great political answer from you because you did not answer my question whatsoever. I agree with everything you said, but you still have not told me what Carson is good at. Like, I, what's he good at? That should be easy to answer. He He's is, a thirty he million is, dollar quarterback in his fifth year. He has he has uh, impressive athletic ability, toughness, uh, gutsiness. He's a leader yeah, out none there. None of these are skills so far. Well, of course they are. But yes, toughness are. is not a skill. I mean, it sure is. Like, and coming from someone that's not that tough. You, like, it's not, <laughs> you don't not think it matters, skill. especially at that position. I would say at that position, toughness, leadership, okay. mental stuff, like all that stuff is more important than potentially the physical attributes. Well, but I don't know, because if I asked you to say, what is Aaron Rodgers really good at? Or what is Russell Wilson well, really good, good at? You would name things, things he does when it comes to football different, that he's really different good Different guys are good at Carson Wentz is just horrible. I mean, he's no, but, made some no, of the great that's plays what I'm we've saying. ever seen like, an Eagles quarterback make. Like, he has those abilities to make these But he hasn't done plays. that for a while. And so that's my question. Like, moving forward, what makes you optimistic? Because I see a quarterback that's inaccurate, turns the ball over, and makes bad decisions. So I'm not saying it could never happen again, but where's the proof here that 2017 can happen again? It's been years. Like, I don't see the uh, traits from Carson. Again, but my point is a lot of those traits are obscured by the people around him, by the coaching he's getting, by all these things. Like, Carson Wentz could succeed if everything around him helps him succeed. Things around him are not helping him succeed. Mm. Yes, again, ultimately, on a basic level, we're bottom line guys. It's on Carson Wentz. He needs to be better. I get that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other factors involved, is my point. And that, that could be the case. That could be the case for sure. I don't completely disagree with you on it. I'm just saying that when I watched that Cowboys game on Sunday night, those four turnovers had nothing to do with the people around him, right? Well, he was, I would say the second fumble did, but but fine, fine. Uh, maybe. Second fumble was quick. He maybe could have gotten rid of it. It was but a great was, play by the it defender. It was a great play. It's like they just got him. But, but he also should have seen it coming. He could could have seen it coming regardless. I'll, I'll accept all right. four are on but th fine. That's my point. Like, There's not many plays you can point to this year where like it's somebody else's fault. We There's been plays where he's been that. under pressure. We don't always know that. We don't know what route this guy's supposed to be running. We don't know where this person's supposed to be for the ball. Like we don't know that. Like that Ertz interception we talked about. Like we all like Yes, that at, one was someone else's fault. I know, fault. but I like there have been you. other plays like that. We don't like a lot of young receivers, like, do we think John Hightower's been in the right position every time the ball's thrown to him and was intercepted? I don't know that. Like it's John freaking well, Hightower. Well, Doug, Doug has said Doug, I think Doug has been pretty clear in his criticism of Carson. Like Look. he's been willing to say Look, that, we could have made better. a better decision. We all know there. he has to do better. Uh, I, I yeah. am not arguing the point that he has to do better. I'm just arguing that I don't think you can indict him and his future based on these eight games. I'm not saying I'm indicting his future. I'm just saying 
unlike the LTBB convention yesterday, I don't see reason for optimism. And that's what I'm asking you and the okay. callers. Well, like, I like that. What let's, am I missing here? Let's because... get some optimism here. 215-592-9494. Or if you're like Elliot, if you're one of these people who was listening yesterday and saying, this LTBB thing is crazy, I'm, I, I want to call and fight against it, but they wouldn't let it's you. It's a safe space. Well, it's we a safe space it's today. It's a safe space. We're in the trust tree, as right. a member of that show would say himself. We're in the trust tree today. You can say whatever you like. Positive, negative, we'll take it all. 215-592-9494. We're talking cars and let's start it where we start it. What we do, Elliot. Yo, fellas. Tom in Edmonton, how are you, sir? Yo, James. How we doing today? I'm good, brother. How are you? DMP. What up, man? How you doing? DMP. What's out? I like that. Well, if Elliot wants to know what he's going to look like in 25 years, just take a look at Daryl Morey. I know. I've been getting a lot of that. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of that. So I think I first, I think it was Spike who I saw tweet it first or whatever and say that. Yeah. And now I can't look at Daryl Morey and think of anything else. Well, what's funny is <laughs> people do tell me I look like other people a lot for some reason. I guess I just have a face that looks like a lot of people. But the Daryl Morey thing, I definitely see. Yeah. Like that is looking you, at you me know, like 20 years like from most? now. Yeah. Who? The biggest wife hater in the world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think well, I don't think he won that poll. Didn't, didn't someone else? Yesterday, didn't man. someone else win the poll? To Cameron did. To, I thought Julia was winning. Yeah. Oh, did he? I don't. I thought, I'm not sure, but yeah, we're yeah, all winners. Well, actually, you're you're third in that list. You know, in my eyes, but yeah, I think so. All right. So listen, I got a second half prediction and a mini rant for you guys today. Right. Um, so second half, I got the birds going five and three. Don't Ooh. laugh. <laughs> I got him taking out the Giants, Browns, Saints, Cards, Cowboys. They're going to lose to the Seahawks, Packers, and yes, Washington when they're resting their players at the end of the season. You know, the only one I really disagree with you on there is the Cardinals. I do think the Saints at home is a very winnable game for this team. And to be mm-hmm. fair, look, even disagreeing, like I think we can all see a world where they could beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals yeah, the Cardinals score a lot of sure. points. No, which I, I, look, I'm not saying I, I, I would probably pick. As of now, depending on what happens between now right. and then, I would pick the Cardinals in that game in Arizona. But it's a winnable game, at least. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, all right. So, I think you guys would agree with me when I say that uh, Philly gets on the QB bus more than any sports market in the in the country. And of course, you're going to ask me, what do I mean by bus? I was so literally about syndrome. to ask you what you meant by bus. <laughs> it's backup syndrome, right? Like nobody wants to back up in more than Philly, <laughs> right? Um, well, the last backup you, did win yeah, a I mean, Super we've Bowl. got the greatest backup story in the history of backup right. quarterbacks. Yeah. So, yeah. Duly noted, duly noted. So, but yesterday it hit a, like a total level of ridiculousness when Joe Gilaquito comes out and says that there are 16 other QBs he'd rather have for the next five years over Wentz, including Jalen Hurts. For the next I mean, five that is years, just outrageous. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't think, look, I, I don't think you can, can say, I mean, I get, look. I wouldn't say there's 16. Obviously, you know where I stand. I'm sure we could put together a list of some quarterbacks who are good discussions. He had you just Kirk can't. Coupons you, oh, that's and outrageous. Justin it's not, well, first of all, well, it's Justin not Herbert, outrageous. maybe. Justin Herbert, who knows? Like, he's been very good so far. It's early, but. Kirk Cousins for the next five years over Wentz is, is silly. I mean, no, that's it's, stupid. It's not silly. It's debatable. I don't know if I would agree with it, but it's not silly. It's certainly a, de- I a debate. I think it's silly. But All right, so I, like, I, I get it. And Hurts without like any the, evidence, I think that's – you can't make that statement yet, personally. But whatever. Right. And then – so the Bronco had the worst game of his young career, okay? I, I see that. Uh, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. blind. But the key to that is young career. 
He's not, he's not even a full five years in, and I heard a lot of callers, knowledgeable callers, calling into the whip this week, comparing Carson's fifth year and his first five years to a number of quarterbacks, all mm-hmm. big-name quarterbacks, and he was as good, if not better, than all of them. Um, so you want optimism, Elliot? Yeah, I do. Here, here, yeah, all right. Well, I'll be optimistic when Jeff, Jeffrey Lurie brings in someone who can draft under Howie, let him handle the cap, and when he gets an OC in here, because Doug is a good coach, not a great coach, a good coach, but he's a terrible OC, absolutely terrible. See, but this is another thing that with the Carson that anno- annoys me of the whole Carson debate is Doug is a great head coach. Like, we've seen that. We know Doug's a great head coach, and I think Carson's ah, the one that ruins his I just, legacy. I just said he's a good head coach, but he is not a good OC, Elliot. We'll, we'll debate that a little more on the other side. Tommy, as always, thank you, sir. Have a good one, fellas. You too. Yeah, we'll get into that. I want yeah. The role Doug Peterson plays in this, because I think there is a little bit more to it. We both agree. We're both Doug Peterson fans. There's no... He's the best of the We're three. not going to be arguing. I, I am a Doug Peterson fan, but I do think that you don't give enough blame to Doug in certain spots. That's coming up next. Plus your calls, 215-592-9494. Talking Carson Wentz. Second half predictions, too. Tom just made one. If you want to lay one on us, please do that as well. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. And, of course, Philadelphia has a bye week this week. But there's lots of pro and college football action for you to bet on. Park Sportsbook app has easy deposit methods, fast payouts, Great odds and outstanding customer service. And a deal for you this Sunday. All customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Pittsburgh remains the only undefeated team in in pro football. And that's right. All customers get a 25% profit boost to use on this game. This is actually one of my favorite plays of the week. Even without the boost, I think it's a great uh, great play. And you get the boost. Pittsburgh, a 14.5 point favorite. They might win by 30. They are going to dominate this football game. Some dude I've never heard of is playing quarterback for Dallas. I feel really good about this Pittsburgh game, and you get the boost. A couple other games I like a lot. Houston, minus 6.5 at Jacksonville. Another guy I've literally never heard of playing quarterback for Jacksonville. Washington, minus 2.5 in this division. I think they win that one, too. And Seattle heading into Buffalo. They're only a three-point favorite. I think they're way better than Buffalo. Bet on every game out there, college, pro, it is all there. And again, this Sunday, all customers, a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Bet Pittsburgh as far as I'm concerned. Download the app or go to pa.parkscasino.com. Park Sportsbook, bet with the home team. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks. Coming your way, talking a little Carson Wentz after the LTBB convention yesterday. Carson Wentz is in the air. I always, I always love talking Carson Wentz. I'll say that though. Like it, and He's I a said this actually a year figure, ago. No matter what, right? I think it's the most interesting sports debate of my lifetime. Well, it is. It is a unique thing where look, you see people it's incredibly. Unique. You see people fall off. You see people kind of have ups and downs in their careers. But for him to in year two be again the MVP of the season for 13 right. games or whatever it is and then to have this and then have Nick Foles obviously lead his team to the Super Bowl that year and then have this tumultuous up and down between injuries between Nick Foles between all this stuff it has been a real roller coaster of a career so far for I, I always remember in 2017 I, I was driving listening to WIP this was before I even worked at WIP uh, and Dave Spadaro, uh, the Eagles. Spuds. Spuds, exactly. Spuds. Spuds is I am on. a huge Spuds fan. Oh, Spuds is a man. Great guy. So Spuds is talking, and he's saying, keep in mind, this was halfway through Carson's second year. 
Carson's already one of the best Eagles to ever play. And you know what? I agree. I know. He was that good. Like, he was that good in 2017. I was saying stuff like we've got our Tom Brady. That was the kind of stuff I was saying. But that's why Carson's interesting because now that 2017 is only 20% of his career. Yeah. That's it's a very small sample size. It's wild. So that that's my concern moving forward is what are we seeing now from him that gives you optimism? And I don't see I don't see much. Not saying it can come back, none of those things, but what do you physically see from him on the field, even not just this year, over the last year and a half, two and a half years, that says, you know what, this is still our guy. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Florida and talk to our good buddy Jacory. Hey bud. Ja'Cory! Uh, we'll put Ja'Cory back on hold, let Kevin Keenan sort that one out. We'll talk to the best voice in the business, David, New Mexico. How are you, sir? What's going on, gentlemen? How y'all doing? What up, man? How Better now, man. Better. I feel like relaxed all of a sudden. How are you? Oh, uh, okay. Well, good. Well, relax and, and give me a moment here, yes, all right? The floor um, is yours, sir. Carson Wentz. Do you know who Carson Wentz's favorite player is? Who? Red Favre. You know why that scares me? Because that's what he's playing like. Mm-hmm. I hated Brett Favre for one reason and one reason only. I thought he was more lucky than good. All right, Carson is going down that same road. I thought Brett was selfish, not in his, not in his demeanor, but in his play because he's not willing to change. He was not willing to adjust. He wasn't willing to, to, to do the things that made him less susceptible to failure. Carson is following down that same path because he doesn't have DiFilippo or at least somebody in his face to hold him accountable. I think he respects Doug. He doesn't fear Doug. Mm-hmm. All right. He needs somebody in his face that he can fear because that fear is actually going to put in the back of his head that there are going to be consequences to his actions. Right now, you know, he's a spoiled kid running around the candy store, knocking down all the displays and nobody's doing anything. Okay. He has got to settle down. But I think the one player, the one person who can actually set him down and set him straight, or at least put him on the right path is Deuce Staley. Everybody respects Deuce on that squad. And every quarterback, if you go back in history, every good quarterback has always had one person that they can confide in, and it's usually the running back. You ask, uh, you ask Brady, you ask uh, uh, McMahon. McMahon had Walter, all right? Young yeah. and, and, and uh, Montana, they had Roger Craig, one of the smartest guys on the field. Marshall Falk, okay? You, these guys to get in a quarterback's ear and give him a different perspective on what was going on on the field because he wasn't in direct competition with them. Well, let, let me ask you this really quick because I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think those are a lot of really good points. The only thing I'm skeptical of is I think, and this isn't a Carson thing, this is just who players are. Like We all think of Michael Vick as he was a phenomenal athlete, could do so many things. He just could never slide. It's not what he did. And sometimes I think with players – when you're in year five, you kind of who are you, who you are who you are at that point. Yes, you can improve certain things. Yes, sometimes players improve, but mostly you are who you are in your fifth year. And so, yes, I do think Deuce has the command of that locker room. I do think Deuce would be a great head coach in that regard. I just don't know if Carson can change. Like, I, I don't know if when you're out on the field making those snap decisions after doing it one way for so long, whether you can really coach him out of it. That would be my concern. Yes, you can. Well, right. yeah, because we saw it. Yes. We saw it in 2017. I've seen, I've seen quarterbacks do it, okay? I've seen quarterbacks do it. And well, if well you Brett regret, Favre never did it. I mean, who, who, 
but that's why Brett Favre is a terrible example. That's the reason why Brett Favre is is, that's is why not the guy you want to. That's one of the reasons why you know it's one of the reasons why he's playing that way. Okay, because he's trying to be more like Brett. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I think Brett Favre was was totally overrated. Carson is a lot better than that. You want some positivity? Look at the throws that he's made uh, this year. Even the ones that were complete, the touchdown passes, whatnot, those aren't accidents. Those aren't mm. freak plays. He can make those plays. Yeah, on, they... the field, on the field, the, the team has a distinct belief that Carson Wentz is going to come through. He doesn't quit, okay? He doesn't give up, and he doesn't put his team under the bus. He's gracious in the win, responsible in defeat. That's what you want. Yeah. Those are the positives that you can lead to. But he's got to get out of his own head. He's got to get that discipline. And he's got to he's got to get to the point to where he's like, look, I got to stop putting this team in harm's way. Well, and Dave, what's interesting Dave, is – Great call. Great yeah, call. Yeah, what's interesting, it. he brings up Brett Favre. Like, and then he also brought up Carson off the field. I think Carson off the field is, in a lot of ways, exactly what you want out of a franchise guy. Work hard. He works really hard. His teammates do believe in him. You never have to worry about him. Brett Favre, like, his teammates really liked him, but – I think history has shown he was a guy that off the field certainly, you know, liked to have a good time. Right. So I don't think you have to worry about that with Carson. And maybe that's why he can, you know, improve in areas that Brett Favre was never able to. Yeah. And again, I think, as I said to you in the open, for me, the biggest issue with Carson Wentz right now is the hero ball stuff, is the feeling that he feels like he has to do more on every single play than he should do on every single play. That's definitely my biggest concern, and I think that's something that I, I think is on him, but also something, and I wanted to get to this with Doug and whatever, that you mm-hmm. can coach out of people. Like, you can. You can teach guys to stop, to understand their body, understand their athleticism, and say, I have to throw the ball away more in these situations, and sometimes that takes tough coaching, and sometimes that takes, you know, being aggressive with these guys. Where do you stand on that? Is because we know Doug, and we both agree. Doug is a great head coach. He's a great rallier. He gets guys to believe in him. But Doug is not a, a get on their ass kind of coach. He's just not. Well, but like Doug, coach Doug, uh, Doug coach Carson up in 2017, right? But, I mean, but he had and I know Reich and DiFilippo there. DiFilippo there to be the be the task. I think too much is made man. of that. Honestly. Oh, I don't. Like, I, I don't. Yes, could they use him here? Sure, of course you would want Frank Reich. But DiFilippo, I mean. Look, What's it, he really done since he left here? It's not but, like he's going everywhere and making all these maybe, guys. Again, maybe it goes back to what I said before, that certain guys need to be coached certain ways. Like you have to uh, – that Carson Wentz is the type of person who responds to that, who that's what he needs. It's the same thing with it any could boss. Be. And, and look, I think inter, it's – Interpersonal relationship. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's hard to be like that with Carson because he's had the keys to the franchise handed to him. Like let's be real, Carson – is more important to that franchise than Doug is. And I think Doug's a better head coach. I don't think that should be the case. But if you're Carson, and I'm not saying Carson's doing this, but to your point about taking tough coaching, like Carson was the number two overall draft pick. Carson got the franchise quarterback thing, right? Carson had a success in 2017. So to some regards, if you're Carson, you're probably sitting there and going, look, I know how to play football. Like, I can do this. But my my concern with this whole narrative of, you know, he's trying too hard, and he, he's like a gunslinger, and good comes with that. There's not been a lot of good with his risk. Like, it's not like if you watch him on Sunday, he makes four or five plays that blow you away and two or three that, that are bad. The, the blow-you-away plays are not happening frequently. 215-592-9494. We got Ja'Cory back. Hey, Ja'Cory. What's going on, guys? Hey, Yo, what are up, you man? on a speaker, Bluetooth? You're very muffled, Ja'Cory. It's hard to hear you. You there? Okay, um, I was trying to, my bad, guys, I was 
knows all things around the house, but um, all good. Like I was saying, um, I feel like Carson's going to bounce back this second time around this season. Um, you know, I think we're going to go. I, I have us going like at least six and two, five and three. Wow. Um, I think I think we can beat the Cardinals. The Seahawks kind of scare me. It's not that Russell Wilson scares me. It's DK Metcalf that scares me. Yeah, I think it's good to be. It's a good. Uh, I think most smart to be most people could say that. Yeah. Well, what makes yeah, you uh, confident? Carson will turn it around. I mean, if you think I they're think, going six and two, like you know, um, you know, it's confidence. You know, getting guys back, getting that rapport back, getting this. Um, you know, getting the receivers back. I like the young core. Um, you know, yeah, I like the young core too. I, I really like him out there with Rager, uh, Fulgham Ward. I like to see him get snaps with those guys. And that's a couple more things too. Okay, Elliot, you said what's his like, you know, ability. I like, you know, he's clutch. He makes guys around him better. Um, you know, you give him, you know, big things. You know, I'm not calling these guys scrap, but like lower tier guys, he makes them better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Josh McCown was saying last season. He's got to take the layups instead of taking the home runs. Sometimes you got to, you know, check it down to your running backs or check it down to the receivers to let them, you know, get yards after catch. Like these receivers, like Rager, Hightower, these guys can get yards after catch. And sometimes you got to throw them on a slant or a drag out and just let them get the yards after the catch. Well, I think part of the um, part of the problem with that has been he's not really accurate on those throws. So well, he mentions what Hightower can do after the catch, what Rager can do after the catch. Carson has issues putting the ball in a place where his guys can make plays they after the catch. They also haven't called enough of those types of things. I mean, we've talked about whether it's the jet sweeps, the misdirection, these types of, you know, crossing routes. Like, they haven't done a lot of that type of stuff. Well, we don't know that, right? Because we don't know. Well, we what, haven't seen a lot of it. We haven't seen a lot of it, right? So maybe Carson's not throwing it. But, yeah, look, I agree with the take the layup thing. You don't always have to press it. But when your accuracy is a problem, it's hard to run those little plays because if guys are consistently, like, stretching down to catch it or have to fully extend to grab it, it throws off the timing of the play. So from Doug's perspective, he's on the sideline saying, okay, well, this play is not really going to work because Carson's accuracy is off You can't, but you can't, you're, come on though. Like he's an NFL quarterback. You have to, you have to, yeah, he has those, to make those throws. You also have to drill those things. You have to run those. But do you plays think he's practice. not trying? Like, do you think Doug isn't trying? I to don't coach think. Him? I don't know what Doug is doing. I don't think. Doug, look, I don't think Doug is looking at Carson Wentz and saying, "How can I completely shape my offense around this guy?" Everything we do will be based on what he does well and what he does not. I don't think Doug's doing that. I disagree. I, I think Doug knows. His main objective is to make Carson succeed. 215-592-9494. Get him. We're talking Carson Wentz. And if you want to give us a second-half prediction, we'd love to hear that as well. Elliot and I coming up will give a second-half prediction each about this okay. team. We'll I'm give, in for that. We'll give our, our, our prediction for what we think is going to happen, at least some prediction. And, again, Carson Wentz, where are you at with Carson? Are you where Elliot's at where it's, it's kind of hard to see light at the end of the tunnel right now, or, or do you still – believe and, and think that he's going to turn around over the second half like I do. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. It's James. It's Elliot. We'll be right back. That's right. It is Go Birds Radio. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer coming to you till 3 p.m. today. Is it Rob Ellis up next, Kevin? We'll check. We'll find out who's up next. Which legend comes out? I was going to say, when you work at WIP, We're always sandwiched legends. by legends. Back to back to back. Glenn yeah. and Ray, us. Howard in the morning. Leg- yeah, you're right. Legend, legends. Us, some legend that exactly. we'll be up after. So it works. It's good company to keep. We're ha- we're happy to be the 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 small part of the sandwich. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly how we right. that's how we look at it. Two one five 
592-9494. Let's go back to the phones. And my good buddy calling in, Adam in Northeast Philly. Hey, pal. Yo, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Yo, what's going on, man? Man, I mean, it, it, it's definitely concerning to, to see the play of Carson this year. I don't know, you know, why he's regressing. I mean, some of the plays that he makes, some of them throws, I mean, you would think that guy's in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't know if he's he's not being coached right. You know, the, the, nobody on this offense really scares you, you know. Well, do you, I mean, do you have I, optimism going forward? Like, do you think he can turn it around, or have you seen enough where you're getting a little concerned? Yeah, I'm definitely, con- I'm, I'm definitely concerned. I mean, I, I hope he can turn it around. He's our guy, you know. We, we gave up, you know, capital to go up and get this guy. You know, we signed him to a deal. Mm. So, if he turns out not to be the guy, that that puts his franchise back. You know, he 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 needs to be the guy. Yeah, Adam, I I agree with you. It definitely does set them back. Now, I would argue, and again, this is a conversation for another day. But no matter what, the Carson Wentz pick was a success. I mean, he helped them win a Super Bowl. Like that's I would it. agree. Shut it down. Like it is already a success. But I agree with you in terms of where we are now, what we wanted him to be, and what we expect him to be, and some of us still believe he can be then, yeah, it'd be a massive, massive issue for this franchise if, if he's not what we think he is. Uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, how, how many Eagles you got in your fantasy lineup, to, you know, when they play? It's a, it's you a, know? Yeah, who would have thought that Travis Fulgham off the wire for people would be like the go-to Eagle? W- winning leads yeah. over here. Uh, Miles yeah. Sanders yeah. taking it to the first round, just crushing people's souls like Elliot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Adam, I great mean, call, brother. It's always good thanks. to talk to you, man. Take By care, the way, uh, I think I passed you at the WIP Fantasy League. I, I don't know. I'm four and four, but my team is horrendous. Okay. Well, maybe I, I think I'm ahead of you because of points. Okay. But I, I do believe I'm in ninth and you're yeah. in tenth. So I, two no, powerhouses. I, I think I moved up a little bit. I don't know. I'm four and four, but Austin, the Austin, ever since Austin Eckler got hurt, I had a great start to the season. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler got hurt. It's been downhill since then. And, you know, something no one cares about. So I'm happy we uh, let people know how our <laughs> fantasy teams are doing. So you said something I agree with, but I have a follow up. To be interested to see what you said. I like the first part of what okay, you said. Okay, exactly. Okay, go ahead. So I agree. Carson at number two was a good pick. They won a Super Bowl. It worked out. Was the contract a good decision? When you look at the contract, if you could do it again, would you still give it to him? I, so I still would, but I I understand. I'm I'm not saying that's fact. At the moment they signed the contract, I thought that was an incredibly. You and I talked about it. I thought it was an incredibly smart decision. Lock him up early. See where these contracts are going. I mean, we've seen guys since then who I don't think are that great get a lot of money and all yeah. that. But yeah, look, you have to be. Again, I still believe he's going to bounce back from this. So thus, I am not as concerned about it as others would be. But if you're where you are, if you're where some of the callers, it sounds like are where you're truly genuinely concerned about Carson Wentz and his future, then look, I mean, if he's bad for these years of the contract, like I don't know how you could justify it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I liked it. I'm not going to go back on that yet. But I, you're certainly more tenuous than I thought it was. I, I like the idea of committing to your guy and not making it, you know, look what happened in Dallas, right? And I, I feel terrible for Dak. But if you look what happened in Dallas, like that was a distraction. I, I agree with avoiding that. The thing, though, is when he signed that deal, everybody was like, what a great deal by Howie. He got Carson as such a steal. Carson is not playing up to what his salary dictates this season. So you're not a steal no at the time of the contract. No like You have to then go out and outplay that yep. contract. That was yeah, the whole idea. Yeah, whatever we think of a contra- any contract in a moment can right. be proven right or wrong. Like, right. of course. Like, Carson looked like a steal because it looked like he could be a top-five guy and you were going to get him for not top-five money. 
Now Carson's not even a top 15 guy. So that that kind of shapes the look of the contract different. But the other interesting thing about a car, the contract is it's somewhat tradable. Like, you know, you mentioned Boomer uh, Esiason said yesterday on WIP that he thinks Frank Reich would love to have him in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz's base salary is only like $20 million. And again, he has to play better to be worth that. But if you're the Colts, that's not exactly taking on a massive amount of money. You're paying Phil Rivers $5 million more than that. Right. So now it would hurt the Eagles. But I do think Carson has a tradable contract. Whether or not people would be interested in trading for him, I think that's a different discussion. Just because he'll presumably be coming off of a bad year. His injury history does matter when you talk about his value around the league. Yeah, I think but his also, contract's not terrible for the team. it's also dependent, to your point about who would want to trade for him, I think a team like the Colts makes a ton of sense in the idea of a team that is good, competitive, probably going to make the playoffs, all that, but has a quarterback who is in either the last or one of the oh, last yeah. years of his career where – and they don't have a, a young guy waiting in the wings. So, like, someone like a Wentz-type player, and I don't want the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz, nor do I think they're going to, but that is the type of guy you could see a Colts team go after, like that type of player. If the Colts called you and offered you two firsts for Carson, would you take it right now? Oh, man. Uh, I have to think about it. All right, well, think about it and let me know because I'll be interested to see. Damn so I guess range. for one, you probably would not. I would not do it for one, no. Okay. But two is, I mean, that's that's a lot of draft capital. It's yeah. interesting. It's something to think about. But I, I don't, my gut is no, but like I'm not definitely no. Like it's it's a close one. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's stick in Philly and talk to Jaleel. Hey, Jaleel. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Hey, what up, man? Um, well, Elliot, first of all, I wanted to tell you, man, I'm actually a fan. Oh, perfect. Um, Thank you. On, You're the one. On, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan, too, for what it's worth. Um, I, I wasn't always a fan. I got to admit, though, I, back when um, when Fletcher Cox first got his contract mm-hmm. and you were talking about that, uh, that, that was bothering me a little well, bit. Sounds but, like but I got that around. one wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's no, the thing I'm about Elliot. you can admit. Yeah, exactly. That's, Jaleel, I was literally about to say that. That's the thing about Elliot in, uh, is that Elliot – yeah. He gets a bad rap because Elliot will always admit when he's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. he will admit yeah. it. And a lot of people don't. He will admit when he's wrong. Yep, I always appreciate that. Me too. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I wanted to actually – I know we were talking about Carson, but I wanted to talk about our receivers a little bit to get you guys' opinion because I'm not sure. Yeah, sure. Um, well, when I look at how our receivers are right now, I'm I'm really feeling how young we are and how good we look. But I think Ward and Fulgham have expiring deals at the end of this year, don't they? No, so Fulgham is signed through 2021, and then I believe he's a restricted free agent for 2022. Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice wrote a good article about this, but I'm almost positive signed through 2021 at only like $800,000 too. So So the best deal on the team is what you're saying. Yeah, one of the better deals in the league if he keeps this up. And then when he's a restricted free agent, what that essentially means is the Eagles can just match whatever he gets. So you don't really have to worry about him leaving till after 2022. And frankly, Howie won't let him go anywhere if he keeps playing this well. I agree. I agree. Uh, well, what I was going to say uh, regarding that was, I think in the draft, we might have to look at receiver again. And mm-hmm. because I remember you saying, I think in another uh, show that um, you think we'd have to go O-line yeah. in, uh, in the upcoming draft. In the maybe even the first round, but I, I don't think that that might be a good decision because we got Mylata, Herbig, Dillard, Sayamalu, Brooks. They're all returning, and Jason Peters is gone after at that point. But you know, when you're returning five guys like that, I don't think O line is going to should be what we're worried about. When you know, I would I would keep going receiver just to make sure that we can keep our core young here because 
Ortega Whiteside, that's a disappointment. So mm-hmm. I would sit him to the side. The only receivers I'm actually confident in right now that should be returning are Fulgham, Rager, and Ward. Yeah. Um, I think no, that look, I think you make receiver will be a good decision. Julio, yeah, I, Julio, great call. Yeah. Call more often, man. Seriously, we'll respond now. But call more often. Great Thanks. call. So I do, I do agree with his points about the receivers. Like, I don't think you can ever have enough talented receivers. hundred percent. My only counter to that would be the offensive line is just flat out more important. So he, he mentioned you have Dillard back. I don't know what Dillard is. I, I like my but we still don't really know what he is. I think that in 2022, which is where you're really looking when you're drafting, like where in 2022, am I going to need help? I don't know if you can say Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey will either be on the team or be playing at a and high Samalo, level. Samalo, Mylotta, or whoever. Yeah, well, Samalo. Like, yeah, you know, and the, then maybe you can say Mylotta, but you don't well, know that. Well, I, so. I think the key is, like, that. that's – look, these next eight games are going to play a role. And we you know, we don't know if he's going to play with Jason Peters, Lane right. Johnson, that whole thing. But, like, these next eight games will play a role in helping to inform those decisions. But yeah. I am with – Elliot and I have talked about this on the pod, at Go Birds pod – that we both think, at least as of this particular moment, I think offensive line. And again, it's all about need and position and. Well, I was going to say that's the that. good thing. Yeah. The Eagles will be able to take almost any position wherever <laughs> yeah, they end true. up drafting. True. There is not a position on the roster where I can say they're good. Although, actually, I think defensive end has proven to be more of a bright spot moving forward than you would have thought heading into. I the think year. so too. I mean, Sweat particularly is is really looks like he's a, a piece of the future. I know Richie brings it up all the time on your show, and I agree with him. Like it is a need. You have to make sure you have an elite pass rush. But Brandon Graham is still very good. Derek Barnett, I think, has been a you know surprisingly good this year. And Josh Sweat looks like a legit player. So I would still take a defensive end at wherever they end up drafting if he's the best player on the board. Obviously, I think it, the need would also match the best player. But uh, I still think offensive line. Yeah, and again, also, we don't know, uh, particularly this year with this weird college football season and all that, like, we don't know what the draft's going to look like. It might yeah. be a situation where if they're picking, you know, 19th or 20th and there's uh, up Or 8th. Or 8th, exactly. Right. It could be either way. And who knows, maybe there's a glut of pass rushers. There's a glut of O-linemen. So that kind of stuff will, will help inform it as well. Selfishly? I would love to see Jamar Chase. Well, it's team. my number one yeah, guy. If I could, if I could guy. go into this draft and take one guy for the Eagles as they're currently comprised, it's Jamar Chase. I would have taken him. Oh, you know how much I love Justin Jefferson. I wanted him last year. Like I, I wish he had come out last year and we could have gotten him. So I was going to say, I, how much of you wanting Jamar Chase, the you know lightning quick it's receiver from, from LSU? Thing. How much of that has to do with you? Like you know, it's like when you have an ex. You know, like yeah. how, how much of that is you trying to make up what you could have had? With Justin Jefferson. I don't think anything's ever going to make up with Justin oh, and I could have. Makes you so sad. We, when you, it he's so good, though. Could have been. It could have been a, an all-time relationship between me and Justin could've Jefferson. Could have been it. And now some Minnesota person gets to have that relationship, <laughs> and it is not fair. 215-592-9494. Talking Carson Wentz. And, and what do you think the biggest need is for this team moving forward? 215 592 94 94 Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, Go Birds Radio. We are coming right back. And again, let me remind you that while Philadelphia is on a bye week, there's still lots of pro and college football action to bet on. Park Sportsbook app has easy deposit method methods, fast pay, payouts, great odds, and outstanding customer service. This Sunday, here's a deal for you. All customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Pittsburgh remains the only undefeated team in pro football. So that's right. All customers get a 25% profit boost to use on this game. And that's a great deal because I love this game. I think Pittsburgh wins by 30. They're going to crush Dallas's soul, and it's going to be awesome. So bet on Pittsburgh. You get the great odds. 
and you get the profit boost. No-brainer. Other games I like, Houston minus 6.5 at Jacksonville. I think that's an easy one. I don't even know the name of the quarterback for Jacksonville. I do, but I don't know how to pronounce it because I never heard of him before. Washington minus 2.5 versus New York. I love that one. Seattle minus 3 at Buffalo. They're just a better team than Buffalo. Love all these games. You can bet on any game on the slate. College football action today as well. Parks Sportsbook app. And again, the deal this Sunday, all customers get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Bet on Pittsburgh as far as I'm concerned. Download the app or go to pa.parkscasino.com. Parks Sportsbook. Bet with the home team. Feeling this right now. The roots. I love it. Well done, Mo. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks coming your way live from Philadelphia, the epicenter of the world. The last few days. Exciting stuff. What was that? I said, I just love when Philly's happy. Me too. It's, it's always a, a great city to be around. People are celebrating. It's just a great city. Yeah, and, it is. and that's what I'm happy that people. Uh, I've well, got, it's legitimately the best city in the world. By I'm not far. Just saying and that. and like, finally, everyone else is seeing, you know, yeah. the the what this city is and how awesome it is and the, how great the people here are. So it's been a it's been a cool few days for Philly on the national stage. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Uh, Elliot and I kind of reacting yesterday to the LTBB convention. Shout out to Ike Reese. Shout out to all the LTBB members, like myself. Uh, we let me and Jillio come on. So it was, uh, you know, he was, he was, both sides were representing. You were representing the masses. Exactly. And look, we came out of it, and, and Elliot kind of is just at the point where he's not giving up forever on Wentz, but he's struggling to find things to latch on to. Yeah, and what's interesting about Carson is, there's so much to debate about his past, right? Like you can look at even not even just this year, like how he's played since 2017. Will 2017 happen again? All those things comparing him to Nick Foles. My thing, and that's what the LTBB convention was about on Friday. It was about, look, this is our guy. Let's be optimistic for the future. And that's where I have trouble because I don't see the reason for optimism. And it's not just about these eight games. It's about, what he's been really for a year and a half and arguably two and a half years. 2018, I think now we're getting further away from it. He wasn't as bad as he was in 2019. And, and you know my theory. Like, I've always, of all his years, I've always looked at 2018 as the most throwaway of a year. In the but what's fact, interesting is it was came actually back early not and hurt his bat. And he wasn't that bad. You're yeah. right. He wasn't as bad as we remember it being. But regardless of that, between the coming back early and the breaking of the back at whatever point, we don't know exactly when, mm-hmm. I just don't put too much stock into what happened with him that season. So I said this to Ike, and this really got him fired up. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it to you <laughs> Can't and the, wait. the loyal saying, yeah, Go-Birds I'm listeners. Excited. Another concern with Carson, and I won't say the quarterback's name, but another concern with Carson is Doug, since 2017, is 17-17-1 with Carson as his quarterback. In games he has coached with other quarterbacks, who, doesn't matter who, who just could, other quarterbacks. Who could that be? 9-1. That's, That's not including, I'm assuming, the 6 nothing loss to Dallas. The game does matter. not include that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, well, they didn't try I'm to just, win it. I'm right. just clarifying. I, no, yeah, I wouldn't th- include yep. it either. I'm just getting the numbers. doesn't include it. Yeah. So that if one, that were the only loss, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we always say we're a bottom line, yeah, right? Like For sure. Results are results. I think that's concerning. And I think that when you're talking about who's more of the issue, Doug or Carson, the fact that we've seen Doug with somebody else, it gives you a look at what he could be. Now, could Doug and this other quarterback be 9-1 and one for four straight years? No, I don't think they're going to win 90% of their games. But when you look at the fact that he's 500 all the way to the point of having a tie, like 
that's concerning. And so looking forward, I say, why would I be optimistic about Doug and Carson? And I get that people are skeptical of Doug as well, but seeing Doug succeed with somebody else just leads me to believe that Carson's the problem. 215-592-9494. Obviously, Ellie and I on opposite sides of this. I, I admit Carson has obviously had a rough half of the season, but well, it's I, big of you to admit. I, you're welcome. Yeah. All right, it's magnanimous of yeah. me is the word I would say, but I still believe I think a little bit better coaching, a little bit of continuity around him, maybe knowing who the hell the guys are around you, playing with them a few times, all that. I think they can go a long way towards helping Carson, but the hero ball definitely scares me. Let's go to Cincinnati and talk to our good friend Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Great show today, as always. Thank you, man. Thanks for calling in. Okay, so uh, first of all, as long as we're not talking about uh, famous Canadians today, we'll be doing fine. <laughs> that was a midday James show. Shout out. That was our, our uh, side topic yesterday. You're, you're the best. Thank you for supporting me. Oh, great. Mark. The midday show always has some great side topics. You guys really do. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun. It adds a little so, fun, especially when we're yelling at each other about Carson and Jody Cameron's losing uh, his mind yeah. about Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's, it's great. So, anyway. Um, so you said something at the top of the show, Elliot, and I just, it, it kind of, I, I don't think Carson isn't the engine to this thing. Howie and Doug put the car on the track. Carson has to drive it. If they don't, if they don't set, set it up to win, set them up for success, there's only so much that he's going to be able to do. And that's not just the offense defense too. So as I far think that's... as uh, winning games. Really quick, I, I think that's a, a good analogy. Where I would maybe like uh, change it a little is Doug and Howie build the car. So ultimately, how the car runs is up to them. I get that. But Carson's the engine, and they paid for a high-quality engine that's just not working. Like, So they are the ones to put the engine in, but it's the engine that's not working. So the team on the field cannot function with Carson playing the way he has for the last year and a half. Like, I don't care who the head coach is. I don't care who the general manager is. If you have an engine in a car that's, you know, one of the worst five engines in the league, your team's not going to be, be very good. So I, I get what you're saying, but I think ultimately Carson's the one that has to perform out on the field. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to. I didn't want to get into like a whole NASCAR thing. Or well, I mean, like I, I love a good just, analogy. So it's but... just an analogy. So, so when, so, so here's here's the reasons for optimism. All okay, right. that's what you were asking for. So one is that when this team's back is against the wall, Doug adjusts his game plan, and they come out. They play loose. They play. Uh, Doug does things to get the team not just Carson, the whole team, and, and Carson included, he gets them in a rhythm. Mm -hmm. He calls a different game. And that was why, like, why all of a sudden would Carson just, in the end of last season, just all of a sudden play better? It's very ambiguous to say, well, he just played better. Well, there was a reason he played better. There was all those things that went into that game plan, the things that they do, instead of trying to force something that they just don't have the car to do. Yeah. They, they don't have that down the field game right now, but it's like, it's all they've been doing. So I they think, don't have the line. They don't have the receivers. Mark, great call. And I think that's something we saw last year too. I know you and I talked and argued a lot about that, that 
you know, yes, you can blame Carson for certain things, but like the way the offense was, the inability to move the ball down, you know, big chunks yep. down the field caused a, a tight, tight windows, and and that puts even more pressure on a quarterback. Well, I think one of the reasons the offense or the team itself, I should say, because the offense in some ways didn't improve a ton over those last four weeks. I think they had a lot of points against Washington. What they have eighteen against Dallas, something like that, and then they had a bunch late versus the Giants. So, you know, the the offense did improve in some ways, but what I really think changed was a they played bad teams, which helped, but you can only play who's on your schedule. But I do think once like Alshon was out of the lineup, Deshaun was no longer there. Doug was able just to build his offense around Carson, and you started the show off by saying you didn't think Doug was like building the offense around Carson, making it the best it could be for Carson, not worrying about anything else. And I think last year he did a little more of that towards the end of the year. I think when he has those bigger-name guys in there, he goes into games and says, okay, we have to get the ball to Alshon. We have to get the ball to Deshaun. You've seen it even this year in with the Ertz. limited snaps Deshaun yeah. played. And Ertz and, that game, too. And, I mean, and they, honestly, they, with they admitted it in that game. Before he got hurt, they were like, yep. we were trying to get him involved. Yeah, exactly. And I, I – that's why, as much as I would love to see Jamar Chase on this team, and I'd love to see them go out and get like a stud receiver in the top five, I don't mind just having guys around Carson that just do the job, right? Like, you don't have to get Travis Fulgham the ball. You want to get him involved because he's a good receiver and throwing is how you win in the NFL. But I want to see Doug call plays that Carson's good at, not plays that he thinks, you know, Travis Fulgham's really good at that maybe Carson can't yeah. do as well. Well, that's in 2017, you know, we talk about that supporting cast. Like, everyone was involved. Everyone was doing things. The ball was moving around, and, and that's how you win, mm -hmm. certainly in this offense, 2 on 5 Five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Mount Laurel and talk to my pal, Dennis. I was gonna try and do like a Dennis man, but it doesn't work as well as Seltz man. <laughs> Seltz man and extrasensory perception. There we go. Hey, what up, brother? How you guys doing? What up, man? How you doing today? Well, first of all, can we stop the caller earlier? Can we stop comparing Carson to Hall of Fame quarterbacks? I mean, come on now. Yeah. I think that's yeah. fair. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Well, I was going to even say when he said it, like, we have to, to be fair, it's like Brett Favre light, light, if we're going to be real. Like, but well, I do understand the comparison in terms of the mindset when they play. But yes, Brett Favre keep, has accomplished well, 8 and million let's keep times real. more than Carson. What he Lewis. really means is the bad parts of Brett Favre. Yeah, like, that's, that's why he's bringing no, up Brett fair. Favre. That's why he's so. bringing up Brett Favre. You're right. You, you can't even put those two in the same church right now. Come on now. Come on. I agree. Yeah. And, and, I am glad that the dead air from two to six is over with from yesterday because that was just an apologetic. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Shots yeah. at the LTVB convention. I never thought I'd see it, Dennis. Uh, I got it. That's right. The only he's thing, got it. The only, yes. thing that, the, only thing that counts is results, and he's not producing results. That's the yeah. bottom line. I 100% agree. And that's what I said yesterday to Ike is it's interesting to me how – Hard people defend Carson when the best one of the best things about this city is the Eagles. And since 2018, they've not been good. Like they're just not a good team. The majority of Mondays, we all wake up. We're talking about either a loss or a win we're, that we feel bad about. Right. And it's not all Carson, but that's majority of it is the quarterback. And the other thing I want to bring up, and I brought it up before, you know, Justin Herbert and the guy in Cincinnati didn't have any training camp. And I keep hearing he's not getting enough coaching. He's not, those guys got no coaching, and look what they're doing. That's that's a great point. 
James, would I, you I care to could... counter there? James notably silent after that point. Guess what, Dennis? <laughs> they both have more weapons than Carson Wentz, which is hard to believe that that's possible. <laughs> the Chargers, <laughs> you could argue, are close. The the Bengals have weapons. Let's be real about Do it. Do they? Like, I mean, they have yeah, T. Higgins. I'm, they I'm have AJ Green, T. Higgins. I'm... Tyler Boyd is better than every Eagles receiver. Oh, yeah, Tyler Boyd. But A.J. Green's not that good. And then anymore. Joe Mixon. I mean, like they're, they I'm definitely just... have more weapons. I'm just talking about the quarterback presence. Look, the way it's, they it's, the ball, a, it's the way a really they good point, Dennis. Now, to be fair, and thank you for the call, Dennis. As well, they have a way cool. worse offensive To line. be fair, I love Joe Burrow. I'm not going to rip Joe Burrow. I think Joe – I at LSU, you can go back in my Twitter feed. Joe Burrow is going to be a star. That tweet is there somewhere from you, his you LSU. You love team. yourself some LSU. I, I, what can I say, man? Yeah. They were fun last year. They were. Um, I, I love Joe Burrow, and from what I've seen of Justin Herbert, I've been super impressed, but again, also – they have no books on those guys. As NFL defenses, yeah. all that stuff, that stuff happens. That's one of the things that happened to Carson. Like, teams learn how to play you better. So I'm not going to overreact to this. We've seen a lot. Again, Carson in 2017, he's never gotten back there. Like, I'm not going to, after well, a and, few and, games, say, like, oh, my goodness. And that's what makes ever. great athletes. It's doing it consistently. That's why when, you know, we talk about comparing Carson to some of these guys, like, there are quarterbacks in the league that have been doing this for five-plus years at a very good level. Carson has not done that. And I think you can say the same thing with Travis Fulgham. Like, now he hasn't had the opportunity that Carson has, but I'm excited about Travis Fulgham. I think Travis Fulgham can be great. I got to see him do it for a while longer before I'm saying he's like a number one receiver. Absolutely. And to your point, it, it's a great one. Yeah, Joe Burrow is super exciting right now. Justin Herbert is super exciting right now. Carson was super exciting in 2016 and 2017. Yep. Let's see in 2024 where Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are. 215-592-9494. Jimmy in Jersey. Top of the morning to you, sir. Top of the after. Good day, sir. That's what it is. It's close. James Elliott, good day to you. There it is. You good day. I, went, I always, for some reason, Jimmy, I always do the top of the morning and good day and confuse those two for some reason. Jimmy's a good day guy, and okay. I appreciate it. Are you guys mellow now? Yeah, you were... sounded like you were in a Texas death match earlier. Oh, no. I didn't think it was that. Heated, I mean, it's a it? beautiful day. We're talking the Eagles. How can you be that I'm mellow? I'm in a great mood, Jimmy. I'm happy. Well, I'm going to go on record. I'm a Wentz fan. All right. And I got a few years on you guys. Mm-hmm. The last time I checked, football games were won and lost in the trenches, on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You talk about 2017, he had four All-Pros in front of him. What's he got in front of him now? That's a good point. It's an excellent point. I agree. The game has won the trenches for sure, but the quarterback position is also crucially important. I like. I agree with your point about the lines, and for what it's worth, the Eagles' offensive line this year has not been great, but overall, Carson has had a very good offensive line the majority of his career. Even this year, I don't think the line's as bad as people make it out to be, but your point is still a fair one. Well, the numbers, that's right out of Six Sigma stuff. I think throw that out the window. Go with what you see. Okay, now, what, what, what this, do you see then? Go ahead. Well, the last three years, I see Carson's performance sliding commensurate with the people around them sliding. That's what I see. But do you think that's like the people around him's performance is sliding because of Carson. Like it can go both ways. So to your point about the offensive line, I do think the offensive line for large stretches of some games have struggled to protect Carson. I'm not disputing you with that, but part of it is also Carson. Like he holds onto the ball too long. Sometimes he misses reads when they're there and then he has to go somewhere else. He moves really far back in the pocket, which causes it tougher to block the defensive end because the tackle is not expecting it. So it's a 50, 50 street in that regard. 
Well, Angelo Cataldi trying to press Peterson on that, you know, the point about his performance on the mm-hmm. field. And uh, I thought Doug was pretty eloquent about it. In fact, I think it was significant that he mentioned protection as one of the first reasons why he ain't at his best. Yeah. He mentioned several other reasons as well. Look, I, I agree. The offensive Jimmy line call. plays a, a, a large role in how good a quarterback can be. For sure. I agree with that. I just think that this year when you see Carson struggling so many other areas, he's also struggling with their protection. I just don't – look, I trust Jeff Stoutland. People are excited about my lotta. Like, I don't think the offensive line is as bad as other people do. I'm open to saying I'm wrong about that. It's just when I watch them, I don't see – like, that's not the reason the team is struggling, in my opinion. I So I think at times it has been. I agree. Look, I think it's been hit or miss with the O-line. And certainly in the run game against Dallas, they looked awesome. And I think that's partially – who they're playing as well, of course. But I think for the most part, this offensive line and pass protection has been bad more than good. And I think that that does... they're slightly below average. I think that piles up, you know, if you if you keep getting it. And, and on top of that, like, again, we're not talking about a group of wide receivers, especially with, you know, Rager hasn't played much, no Deshaun, all that. Guys who can get open all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Fulgham, who's been great and has gotten open at times, is also catching those tight window plays yeah. and going up to get the ball and all that type of stuff. Like... So I, I can understand if you're if you're getting rushed quickly, consistently, and guys are not open consistently, like those are two bad things for a quarterback. Now what Carson needs to do in those situations is throw the freaking ball away yep. and and not try and make something happen. But I do at least I can understand logically why these things are happening and how they could potentially change. Well, it's interesting with Fulgham too, and this is one thing that's definitely true about Carson now that we've seen him for you know four plus years, five years is when he trusts a guy, he is far more willing to throw it into that tight window. You can see instantly he had trust in Fulgham, and because of that, Fulgham gets the ball all the time. Like, he's kind of his new Zach Ertz in a way. Like, he trusts Fulgham, he trusts Greg Ward, he trusts Zach Ertz. I don't think he trusts J.J. I don't know if I blame him for it, but, you know, I think that's why J.J. doesn't really get the ball. So I think that is one trait of Carson's is he for sure – Prefer certain guys. 215-592-9494. Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio WIP. 215-592-9494. We'll continue to take your calls. Talking Carson Wentz. And coming up next, I mentioned it before, Elliot Shore Parks and I will each give you one prediction for what will happen with the Eagles in the second half. And if you want to give us a prediction, get on the line 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. Don't go anywhere. That's right. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer coming your way for another 35 minutes. I was wrong. It's not a legend on after us. It is Florida versus Georgia. Mm. So, I mean, they're legendary, I suppose. So, yeah. it's a kind exciting of game to listen to. Sure. Yeah. So, check out Florida versus Georgia. That is coming up in about 35 minutes. Until then, we got you 215 592 9494. Coming up in a few minutes, Elliot and I are going to give you. A prediction for the second half of the Eagles season. We'll get one from Mosh buying the glass as well, and we will uh, get them on the phones. Get involved if you've got a prediction for us, 215-592-9494. Let's go back to those phones and talk to Darnell. Hey, Darnell. Hey, how you guys doing? Yo, what up, man? Thanks for calling in. All right. Not a problem. Hey, listen, real quick about one of your sponsors, uh, the, the uh, Geico commercials. Those guys are really good at what they do. Aren't they amazing? I'm so with you, Darnell. Like, for years and years, the commercials that they've put out are, are really impressive. They are. They are. I really I really appreciate their commercials. 
All right, let me get to uh, Carson. Listen, football is a team sport, mm-hmm. okay? Now, we talk about a trust factor. If we were playing sandlot football and you said, well, the quarterback don't trust the receivers, then I can deal with that. If we're talking about high school football, I can deal with that. But when we're talking about on a pro level, they are just as much pros as Carson Wentz is. Mm-hmm. So you have to, as a quarterback, you have to give your receivers the opportunity to make plays. If you don't throw the ball to them, then they can't make plays, nor can they improve. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, so I, agree. I think our, I think our, um, you know, receivers that we got in the draft, uh, you know, our rookies. Okay, I think people are selling them short. You have to give them a chance to develop. I understand that we got them with the hope that they would be able to do something for us this year. Uh, give them a chance. I, I agree with everything you just said. It's no, like no, when, really good call. when John Hightower in. dropped that pass. I think it was against the Ravens, like in the opening uh, drive of the game. No doubt that had an impact on the game. No doubt that wasn't Carson's fault. That was a bad drop. But to Darnell's point, it's encouraging then when the next week, later in the game, you see him catch a deep one down the field or the next week he catches one. So I actually don't think people have been overly harsh on the receivers. Do you? I think people are encouraged. Yeah, I think for the most part, look, I mean, J.J. is always going to get slammed, as he should. You know, it is what it is. And obviously, well, he's just a non-factor. And he the, I, think, I think the Deshaun Alshon aspect or part of it all also kind of adds to the disappointment in the receiver group because I think people, certainly not you and me, were expecting much from Alshon particularly, but mm-hmm. I think there were people out there, especially the way the Eagles talked about it, the yeah. way they made people believe, didn't put him on the pup list. Ho, 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 ho. And then, of course, Deshaun, a massive disappointment. We all know what that's been. So I think that is has kind of um, added to that. But I agree with the point Darnell is making. Like, if you forget all that crap and just look at Rager, look at, you know, and again, I'm not totally sold on Rager, but I like what I've seen. He's not Justin Jefferson, but that's okay. Uh, Jaylen, well, he doesn't have Kirk Cousins. It's fair, you know. It's a great yeah. point, Ellie. Look at you. Um, but, you know, Rager, Fulgham, what we see at him, and the, the potential for that to be really, truly legit. Hightower, um, I don't. I don't love the the tracking of the ball, the catching of the ball, but like we've talked about, the ability to get behind the defense is a skill. Like, look, Torrey Smith stayed in the NFL for years with that skill. Like, you can do that as a skill, but I would like to see a little progression from him, but I'm not – I think we've seen something. Look, he's more impressive than Quez Watkins has been, that's for sure. It's interesting to me that when e- when receivers get on the Eagles, all of a sudden they can't track the deep ball. Like Nelson I mean, couldn't Hightower, track the Hightower, deep ball. Dude, Hightower has missed big on a couple of these. No, like that one he's in the end zone. One. That one in the end zone. And that was, was a, a tough catch. And to regardless, be fair. all right. So it's a combination of tracking and catching. He is not great at catching the football. You can't say. Well, he that's has, different. He doesn't than look the ball. He doesn't use his hands. Like he looks. Oh, the ball he, in. he. All right. He dropped one. He dropped one. And also, like John Hightower. I want to see more from John Hightower. All I'm right, just a little sick saying. of the tracking excuse. Like that's what you heard all year about Nelson. And now Nelson all of a sudden can track a ball in Oakland. He was well, tracking the ball in 2017. Well, has been a lot of short catches and runs for Nelson in Oakland, but sure. No, he's caught some he's deep caught ones. Couple, Not like, you know, 50-plus bombs. Yeah. But I'm just sick of the tracking excuse. Like it, Sometimes it's a, it is it is the right thing to say, though. Like, you know, I think sometimes I think it is Ca- an issue. I think Carson struggles with his deep ball accuracy. I'm shocked to hear you say that. Well, I know. I, I have to always be the one. But it's just interesting that all the receivers can't track the deep ball. Just John Hightower and Nelson Well, it was Aguilar. Nelson, too, too. And then other, you know, whenever a ball is deep and it's not complete, it's like, oh, he didn't track it well. Well, he completes others to other guys. 215-592-9494. All right, Elliot, give me a prediction for the second half. 
Give me something that you think is going to happen over the second half of this season. I think Brandon Graham is going to get double-digit sacks for the first time in his career. So you know what's so funny is my prediction was was basically the same thing except a step further. I think Brandon Brandon Graham is going to be an all-pro for the mm. first time in his career. I think what we've seen from him, he is so locked in right now. He is playing amazing football. Obviously, he's third in the league in sacks right now. I agree with you. I was going to say I think he gets into that 12-ish range, 13 maybe. Like, that's where he's pacing for, obviously. And he's just been good all around. And I think that when we look back at the end of the season, I think whether it's first team or second team, I think he will be on an all-pro team. Let me ask you a prediction. Miles Sanders. Before the year, we both thought the over-under of him of thir- it was 13.50, right? Mm-hmm. That was a total yards. We thought that was a slam dunk. We, we thought, thought, it was he, a no bra- thought we he could get 1,800. Shouting from the rooftops. Yep. Like, go make yourself some money. Uh-huh. Where are you at with Miles Sanders? The rest <laughs> well, of the I'll year? take the under on that. For What's sure. he at now? Look yeah, who knows? Um, great question. Um, so here's he's a, a little over 500. Right yeah, now. so he's not. Total yards? Or is so, that yeah. just rushing? 434 rushing and 91 receiving. Yeah, Ooh. so he's not getting okay. there. So, I mean, let's well, he might get the. He, he might get mon- over the. He could 13. have a monster second half. It's certainly possible, but unlikely. Um, for me with Miles Sanders, look, I I love what I see when he's in games and playing. I think there's a ton of upside there, but I mean, we're getting to the point where it's hard to ignore the fact that he's not on the field as much as we need him to be. More catches in the final eight games. Need it, by the way. Throw the but, ball to him, but go ahead. Yes, more catches in the final eight games. Jalen Rager, Zach Ertz. I'll say Rager. Okay. I'll say Rager. Mostly because I don't know when Ertz is going to be back as much right. as anything. You know, I think if Ertz misses two games, it's a lot easier for Rager to get there. But, like, I don't – what are we supposed to expect from Zach Ertz when he comes back? Well, it'll be interesting to see how they treat him, too. Like, when he comes back, is he still going to be a guy they try to funnel the offense through? Because it's not been successful this year. I think to me – and I, I disagree with this decision on their part – but I think to me it looks like – They've kind of moved on. Pretty from him. clear. Yeah. I so think. I don't think they're trying to make him a big part of the offense. Yeah, I don't Whereas either. Rager, you have every incentive to absolutely, do that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating, especially with Goddard back and Goddard, you know, getting a couple weeks here without him potentially and all that. It's going to mm-hmm. be fascinating to see what Zach Ertz is when he comes. An Eagles legend, an all-time Eagle. All right. One more, one more. Yeah, please. More catches the final eight games. Travis Fulgham, Dallas Goddard. Travis Fulgham. Seem pretty confident. I okay. Let's make another second half prediction. Travis Fulgham will lead the Eagles in catches over the last eight games. Will Travis Fulgham be a Pro Bowler? Look, if he has, if he continues on this pace, yes. I don't, I don't expect him to every week put up, you know, seven for eighty and a touchdown. Like it's not going to happen every single week. But if he keeps doing what he's doing, then yeah, he's going to be like that's well, the pace he's on. Well, I just don't think, I don't think he'll get quite there. But I think we're going to end the season with Travis Fulgham with like, you know, a thousand yards and er, thousand plus yards and like eight TDs or something. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. What's going to hurt him this year is there's no actual Pro Bowl game, so there won't be alternates. He won't get in on the first. Yeah, one. but if there point. was a game and people dropped out. I could see him being, like, the seventh receiver and getting in, which yeah, is sure. wild, again, to say. I but. mean, look, uh, again, we, we get so uh, engrossed in what we're, you know, watching here, and that's why mm-hmm. we talk about Travis Fulgham. But Travis Fulgham, one of those legitimately, I've seen national people say it, like, one of the better stories in the NFL this year if this guy keeps us up to go from what he was literally not on a practice squad at first, like, you know, like literally a, a – uh, been cut multiple times, guy, mm-hmm. to go to being a, a actual number one receiver if he continues what he's doing would be an unbelievable story. Great move by Howie Roseman. <laughs>
You got to give Howie the credit. I, again, one. I'm a bottom line guy, so ultimately he gets the credit. But at the same time, I, I'm not. You don't even I'm, have to be a bottom I'm line I'm not. Guy. He, 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 I think there was a lot of luck involved in that. So, But again, for credit-wise, uh, there's a lot of luck in there. What do you got, I mean, Mush? So I, I've got a question for you guys, you know, a th- hypothetical prediction here like Elliot was doing. And this is a little bit pessimistic as to Miles Sanders' availability going forward. But who has the most total yards rushing and receiving on the Eagles by the end of the season, Travis Fulgham or Miles Sanders? Oh, that's I would go that's Miles That's an interesting Sanders. one. Uh, it is a good one, but Miles is going to get – I think Miles gets back and gets enough, but it could be Fulgham. Like, that's not crazy at all. I mean, I mean, Miles is almost guaranteed 1,000 yards. We don't know he's going to be in the field, but man. He, he, has he could come back for one game and hurt himself again and be out for the rest of the season. But that's like, my point. He's His first eight games, he's missed two of them. He's been okay, and he still has almost 500 yards. So the second also, half of the But year, also, part of, he had a 74-yard run in there. He had that well, other still long count. running. We're not saying I know gonna... they do, but you can't count on that. Like It's not like he's been you know, running like running him up. And again, he has to get on the field. He has to get on the yep. field before I'm going to say that Miles Sanders is going to have this or that. I need to see him play like three games in a row. Could we do that? So you're taking Fulgham. I didn't say that. I still would take Sanders, but I don't think it's as much of a lock as you're saying is more my point. Well, I don't – look, I think Fulgham could finish with more. My point is I think Sanders is definitely finish, finishing with 1,000 total yards. I, so it's a question uh, again, is whether yeah, or not you think Fulgham If he doesn't that. finish with 1,000 total yards, it's because he got hurt again and he's out for a massive amount of games. Like, yeah. he's at five-something already. Like, if he can't get there in eight games or even seven games, like, that's a disaster. Well, what's really hurting him is the passing game. I mean, last year he got a lot of yards and, in the and passing And I think game. that's something we can talk – towards Doug about like and say like and maybe it's Carson too obviously it's, but like design plays for Miles Sanders in the passing game like use I think him tried. well do it more because that that is a, a something that he's good at and and I think you could get value out of two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four let's talk to great friend of the show great caller to WIP the one the only blackready.com hey buddy hey guys I, I, I put a mandate on tracking the ball we can stop talking about tracking the ball when you stop linking every available janitor to come into the Eagles <laughs> and report everything. Okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll do that trade-off. If you want to do that trade, we can do that. We can stop talking about tracking the ball when you stop talking about how he's making imaginary moves every other day. Or something like this. Oh, well, we, you, um, you know I love a good hypothetical. <laughs> oh, boy, do yeah. yeah, come on. Man. Yeah, that's, that's a fun part of the opposite hey, of Chip I, Kelly. I, I, I know it's part of the job. I'm just busting. That's nah, all good. Um, so – Zach Ertz is the most frustrating thing in the world to me because it's basically like he's pouting, and the bottom line of it is, one, we're not going to get anything for him pouting. He's not helping himself to get paid by somebody else. Like, the whole thing is just counterproductive on both sides, and it infuriates me to no end because he's basically taking himself out of the game by his play and moping and now being injured, obviously. But him coming back, I'm like, why? Like, it, it's, that's the thing that's just driving me crazy because we're already down star players, and, you know, he's a go-to guy for wins, a safety blanket, all that stuff, you know. No, yeah, exact catch it and mm-hmm. get it. But it, that, that right there is just irking me to my soul because I know that he's better than that and we should be better than that, but it's just a very down point to focus on right now in this conversation for me. So not and, to throw uh, all the blame on the Eagles in this regard, but I do think this is why you pay Zach Ertz prior to the year. 
Like this is why you don't let it get to this position. No, this is why I think he trades. Yes. Okay, then trade him. Yes. Fine. Because again, look, if you pay him and he looks bad, like then you did what you were talking about Carson Wentz. Though, like, why would you? Like, Zacherts might be cooked. Zacherts might not be the same player he was before. Like, that is an absolutely real possibility with this situation. I think some of it's, and you're going to surprise you. I do think some of it's Carson. Like the accuracy has been an issue. Well, let me tell you something before you go into that because I want to hear it. We are a tight end factory, okay? We're a tight end factory. We're not a QB factory, okay? Rodgers came in there and dashed on some people. He's been left for dead. Okay, when Goddard gets out there on the field, Goddard looks all world. Like, we're a tight end factory. We're not a QB factory. We're a tight end factory. Go back to the history of Eagles. I can run off a whole Chad Lewis in the house, brother. We create tight ends. So don't tell me about Zach and what all we – we traded him. We should have traded him when he had the value that we needed. I'm tired I, I of did, I disagree. that I are did, older and aren't helping us out. Brandon Graham worked out. Oh, thank you so much. But, I mean, otherwise, we trade him for the value of the gifts. Now we're not going to get nothing. He's not going to get nothing. It's a moot point. You don't like Christmas. I fully understand the situation. <laughs> Love Fair you enough. guys. And, as always, let me tell you one last thing. You know what it is? What up? Go Birds! My man. Well done, Go so birds. The, the tight end factory thing. Let me let me address that. Love it. Go birds. Okay. Go ahead. Richard Rodgers has had one good game in an Eagles uniform. Yes. Let's not act like he kills it every time he goes in there. Number one. Number two. I think Dallas Goddard has a lot of potential. I think he's looked good. He also is injured quite a bit. I mean, he has dealt with injuries. He has never proven to be a week in, week out guy that Zach Ertz That's was right. for about five or six right. years. Who knows what Zach will be moving forward? I agree the performance this year is concerning, but I'm just not ready to say you can just sub whoever in there because Goddard has now missed what he missed six games this year. So, five like, or six, yeah. he seems to be dealing with injuries quite a bit as well. This is really the first time in Ertz's career he's dealt with a long-term injury. And th- and that is totally fair. I will say, though, and, comp- and I wasn't this before the season. I was more on the – I wasn't ready to pay Zach Ertz now, but I also believed in Zach yep. Ertz still, and I was definitely not – would- I've argued with Richie about it. Richie's been saying for a while that Dallas Goddard is better than Zach Ertz as a player, as a tight end, everything all combined. And I wasn't there, like – I'm, I know the injuries and stuff. I'm kind of there now. Like, what we saw from Goddard at the start of the season, the ability when he gets the ball in open field. I mean, he he is not this guy. No one is. But he Kittle-esque when he gets in the open field. Like, he's yeah. that type of, like, menacing force. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm I'm okay with Goddard as the guy. Well, one thing to consider is if Zach, with Zach struggling this year, with Zach being hurt, like, you might not have to pay him. Because there might not be another team out there that wants to handle hand him that deal. It's true, and his trade market might not be there. So you got to reevaluate. Type he of might thing. not get a new deal. It's a good this point. Whereas good point. before the year, you thought he would have a big year. It would definitely happen. Things could be changing in that regard. It's a great point. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. One more segment to go. Florida, Georgia, coming your way after that. Get involved now. And again, let me remind you that as Philadelphia is on its bye week. There's still lots of pro and college football action to bet on. Park Sportsbook app has easy deposit methods, fast payouts, great odds, and outstanding customer service. And here's a deal for you this Sunday. All customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Pittsburgh, the only undefeated team in pro football. That's right, customers, all customers. Get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh game, and that's a great game to get it on because I absolutely love Pittsburgh. They're a 14.5-point favorite. It could be 20 points. I'm still betting on them. They are going to crush Dallas. Lock it in. 
Get the boost. Get on this game. There are other games you can bet on every game on the slate. I love Houston minus six and a half at Jacksonville. I love Washington minus two and a half against New York. And I love Seattle minus three at Buffalo. Every game on the slate, every game on the college slate today and tonight, you can bet on all of it. And again, remember, this Sunday, all customers will get a 25% profit boost to use on the Pittsburgh at Dallas game. Do it now. Download the app or go to PA dot parkscasino.com that's pa.parkscasino.com park sportsbook bet with the home team final segment for us go birds right here presented by parks sportsbook and casino james seltzer elliot shore parks leading you up to florida georgia coming up next let's go right back out to the phones and go to mayfair and talk to mark hey mark how you doing buddy how's it going guys hey what up man all right um i'm gonna start because everybody's talking about 2017 wins compared to now 2017 went, needed a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants. And, like, now they played a tough game, and he won. He won the game, the Giants game. He came back, had a great game. The Cowboys, it was a, you know, it's a Cowboys, they're division games. But look at the the Ravens games, the Steelers games. I think the last four games has shown what Wentz is getting better. And I think the next four games is going to show you that. It's going to really change a lot of people's minds. I think yeah, it's look. Be- I agree that Arrow was pointing up on Carson heading into that Cowboys game. I agree. I think even in losses, he played pretty good against the Ravens. Although, I do think one concern with like the Ravens and Steelers, and to some degree the Giants is, a lot of his success this year has come in garbage time. And I'm not a big garbage time guy, but a lot of times you, you know, people do criticize Dak for that. I think that's something Carson has shown. But to your point, I do think heading into that Cowboys game, Arrow was pointing up. The issue is he was you know, absolutely terrible against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm a Wentz fan. I'm not going to say he was he was good. I hate those two fumbles, those interception. One was a great interception. You got to admit that that one the one pass was great. The Cowboys, I mean, great play. You that, mean, that, yeah, that, that great guy, play Trevon by the Diggs defensive made player. A great play on that. Yes. Right, you can't. You know, I mean, it was it was not a great decision, but it was a great Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw it in, a double, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he in a double coverage. You're right, and. Um, I see him getting better. That's what I mean. And no, I look, see, I think that's a good point. I think heading Mark, into the Cowboys game, he was feeling he was. Uh, playing better. I agree. Yeah, and look, uh, uh, and again, he, whatever, even the, the staunchest Carson defender, the LTBB, whatever, we can all admit that he's definitely been inconsistent, obviously. I mean, he, he is the kind of guy who can have a game like the Dallas game, similar to like the Seattle game last year, and still turn it around in a season from game to game. And I know that's not ideal. You want right. quarterbacks to be more consistent, but like just because he was so bad against Dallas doesn't mean he's not going to come out against the Giants and be awesome. We've seen him do that. Yeah, I, I think inconsistent is probably the best word to describe Carson so far in his career in terms of inconsistent week-to-week, inconsistent accuracy, the turnover problems at times are inconsistent, as you mentioned. I mean, inconsistent in-game sometimes, yeah, like sure. that Giants game, like some high-level greatness, some you know real struggles. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Bear, Delaware, and talk to Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going, fellas? First-time caller. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Oh, oh, thanks, thanks for, for making him, it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man, you guys are awesome. Uh, can I have my prediction? Please. Uh, listen, the NFL, it's a uh, what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type deal. The LTBB, I mean, it's a great fan base. But you guys got to realize it doesn't matter about the stats he had years ago. It's about what he's doing right now. And what it comes down to, if you ain't got common sense when you're holding the ball too long or you're just making ill-advised throws, you know, that's not going to get the job done in the NFL, and that's how you end up losing your job. 
I agree. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. Like he needs to be better at that. There's no question. I think I think it's and I actually think if you're gonna defend Carson, don't bring up twenty seventeen. Bring up the end of twenty nineteen. Like that's more I, of a better argument in terms of saying this is what the, that guy can be. Exactly. Uh, so my prediction is fellas, I think Carson Wentz and the L T B V might want to cover their ears, do ear motion of Vince Vaughn himself and Vaughn School. Um that Carson Wentz is gonna get hurt. And then uh, Wentz I mean um Hurts is going to come in, and I think he's going to re-energize this team. Oh, whoa, 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 No, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to get in one instead, but, God, oh. he's getting back there, man. He can't keep taking hits like he's doing. And most of the time, he's kind of doing it on himself. He's kind of standing there like the last game. You have the safety coming up on you, and you're just holding the ball, and you just get smacked. Like, he's kind of asking for Anthony. Well, look, Joe, Joe, good call, man. Call more often. Yeah, thanks uh, look, for calling in. That, obviously, look, I think anyone who's watched Carson Wentz play this year has to have some level of concern that one of these hits will be the one that breaks a rib or this or that or whatever. You know, I mean, he's but also level pummeled. of respect. I mean, he has gotten dude, he's been he so tough. A lot of and hits, he's standing and not in the pocket hurt. and taking hits and getting pummeled, and that's tough to do. But, I mean, it takes a, a, a chutzpah. Let's focus on the second half of his prediction, which is he thinks he thinks Jalen Hurts. He thinks Jalen Hurts will come in and play well. Sure, that you, would right, that let's, would be let's interesting. Say, Forget the injury part to Carson. Yeah, let's you don't say, want to predict it. No, but let's say that there is a reason that Jalen Hurts has to come into a game and play. Would you expect Jalen Hurts to play well? An yes. All, really? Absolutely. I just don't think he's there, man. I don't think he's ready to step in and, and make a difference. Look, Jalen is mobile. He throws a great deep ball. He makes quick decisions. He, like, he doesn't read the defense as well as Carson probably, but let's be honest with ourselves. Whatever you think of Carson overall as a player, Carson moving forward, the Eagles have gotten some of the worst quarterback play in the league so far this year. Jalen Hurts could not be any worse, in well, my opinion. I think he could be worse. I mean, we he's just looked good when he's been out. We saw there. Ben DiNucci be worse. I mean, you can be worse. Than True, he, Ben so DiNucci is not Jalen Hurts. I though. agree with that, but I'm I'm just saying I don't I don't personally don't think Jalen Hurts is ready to step in and, and lead a team. But look, I could be wrong. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Leon, you're on WIP. What's up, Leon? Yo, what's up, guys? James, how's everybody? Good to talk up, to man? you, man. Thanks for calling in. Great, great. And uh, let me just say this: first of all, I love Philly. Um, yes, but real sir. quick about when. Um, listen, the LTBB, they have run out of stuff, okay? Wentz is a bump. The wheels have fell off the wagon, okay? Mm-hmm. People need to wake up and realize this, all right? And I'm a guy, I used to love Carson Wentz. I'm pretty sure we, we all did at one point, especially during that 2017 campaign. But right now, man, he's not good, you know? And I've said this before, but if this was Madden, like, his awareness would be on, like, a 50 because <laughs> it's just kind of hard to see him make some of those plays in the pocket. It's like he doesn't even see these guys coming. He knows he's that he's playing with a banged-up offensive line. Yeah, Leon, it's a really good—again, I I don't—like I said at the top, like I've said throughout the show, my biggest issue with Carson Wentz this season is that, is that specific thing you're talking about, is the not being able to recognize when a play is dead, when there is no Mm -hmm. options, when there are no outs. like, And it has caused him to fumble the ball in situations, to make poor decisions, try and force balls into spots, and— that is absolutely if they if the Eagles can work on one thing this uh, this bye week with Carson Wentz and and self assessment and drill down with him it is bro you have to recognize the situation better and make the right decision. Let's be honest, if Nick Foles was playing like this in the Eagles uniform, everybody would be saying this is proof he's not the guy. Do you guys agree? I mean, look, we've seen Nick Foles play like this in the Eagles uniform. I mean, Nick has had not games this like this. Bad. Yeah, not this. Bad. I don't think this is I mean, maybe his rookie, maybe his rookie some year. Nick Foles games. Nick Foles has had some Horrible performances. The Chip Kelly year, there were a couple games in there. I don't like, know. Pretty but bad. That Dallas week, game though. that he got hurt him, he was like a disaster until he got hurt. Yeah, he was bad in that one. I would agree. But well, yeah. all I'm go ahead. Well, sorry. all I'm saying is, you know, like I said, I hope Wentz cleans it up. And if not, I wouldn't mind if he hurts. 
in there because the league is kind of trending towards these, you know, dual quarterbacks that can run throw, these young guys. So I know everybody was killing Howie when he made the pick. I don't blame him. You know, it wasn't that bad of a pick. But anyway, thank you guys. And one last thing, you know, if this was basketball, I've said it plenty of times. If this is basketball, Carson Wentz would be shooting without the game, just jacking up threes, just, you know. Yeah, just call him Jamal Crawford. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Great call, man. Calls more. It would, look, it, I don't want I don't want Carson to get hurt. It would be interesting to see how Jalen Hurts would play. I mean, yeah. I think his point about it moving that, moving yet. that way is correct, though. Like, Not there yet. Let's take one last call. Let's squeeze Herb in before we get out of here. Hey, Herb. How you doing, guys? Hey, what up, man? Thanks for hey, talking. Listen, I just want to throw something out there. It's something I was thinking about. Okay. Carson Wentz, he finishes up last season with four good wins, gets him into the playoffs, and then Clowney takes care of him and throws him out with a concussion. Fast forward to this season, he's playing like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm wondering if that's a lingering effect of that concussion. Maybe it was something to do with his cognitive uh, facilities, you know? Herb, and we, make, I mean, make there, we don't know. I mean, we, there's so yeah, much. I know we don't know. I'm not a doctor. But to make it even more mysterious, why the Eagles pick a quarterback in the second round? Maybe they know that there's something going on. Well, that's interesting. Thing, interesting part about the Jalen Hurts pick call. It's is quite a conspiracy theory. <laughs> like, well, until the last caller, he said, you know, he liked the Jalen Hurts uh, pick at the time. Yeah, if you think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback and you think you need a, a good quarterback, yeah, it's a good pick. The only problem with it is the pick itself, and to what he just said, it does speak of a concern in Carson. Like, you can spin it however you want. You take a quarterback in the second round. Totally, it speaks I, to a concern yeah, of Carson. I never believed at any point that it was just a asset move where you know. We're drafting this guy to trade him down the road. Like I think that's part of it, but I I certainly think that in their mind they had to have it as a backup plan yeah. on some level. I just I I don't like the wisdom in that. I mean I if you're going for a quarterback, go all in for a quarterback. Don't hedge your bets like this. But I agree with you. Yeah, but he's here now. He's, so no, I and I don't agree. like how they try to like put him out on the field each week. Like I know. if you're gonna if you're gonna let Carson be quarterback, then just let Carson be Absolutely. quarterback. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my biggest one of those was in the Giants game right after he leads that second touchdown drive for the two-point conversion. It's like Carson just scored two touchdowns in five minutes yep. and brought you back, and you're going to take him off the field now? It made no sense to me, the whole I thing. I 100% agree with you on that. All right. Uh, what do you think? You, one half of a season ago, Eagles making the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I think I, so, I, I think tomorrow's game, New York-Washington will tell me a lot about their chances. Because if Washington can get frisky, then things get interesting, right? If Washington can be a team – because Eagles have already lost to him once. If Washington's a team where you have, like, they somehow win six games and you got to get to seven. That's a good point. Especially that, with that last game of the season against Washington. Right. But if if Washington loses tomorrow or looks bad, then I think, look, the Eagles could get in with we six could call games. It, so it could happen. As they say. Call but I, the I think Washington has a chance. So I, I look, I'm sad the Eagles aren't playing tomorrow. I, I love when the Eagles play, but watching New York, Washington could be pretty good. All right. Uh, coming up next, Florida, Georgia. Thank you to everyone called. Listen, we. Couldn't do it without you. For Elliot, for Motion, Kevin, Mind the Glass, I'm James Seltzer. We'll talk to you guys later.